Welcome to Open Sources Coffee on CFRU 93.3 FM, CFRU.ca, Guelph Campus and Community Radio. I'm Adam A. Donaldson of Guelph Politico, and joining me is... Scotty Hertz. Uh, Adam, did you survive the emergency alert this week? All your devices blow up and jump out of your chair like me, or... You mean the one on Wednesday at lunch for no reason? Like, yeah. it was like literally a test, so there was no reason to. Yeah, but you knew about it. It was, I, I guess that's. Uh, it was kind of hard to miss. Yeah. <laughs> I like the advance notice, but you know, I don't always get these. So. I don't always get the memo. I don't always get the press release. You know what? The notice is too long. It, like, it says, like, this is a test, and then it goes on for like 300 more words, and it's like, well, that. I just. <laughs> I just need to know it's a test. That's the, fine. You can watch your to... pocket, big dog. That's what it should say. Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, emergencies are funny. Anyway, open sources is CFRU's political and current affairs discussion show. And you can find us here every Thursday at 5 p.m. as we talk about the latest news items from Guelph, Ontario, Canada, and around the world. And we sometimes interview local newsmakers and politicians. This week, though, we are just going to talk about the news, including COP23. They reached a deal in Glasgow that is almost universally disappointing to everyone who wanted substantive climate action. So now what? Then the Kyle Rittenhouse jury is currently working their way towards a verdict. Perhaps they have reached one already by the time you're listening to this. But what will the implications be once the verdict is delivered? And what might that verdict likely be? <clears throat> and finally, Alex Jones has been found guilty of defamation. Again, will he ever learn? <laughs> but oh, first, boy. speaking of people who never learn, uh, the House of Commons <laughs> is sitting again on Monday, this coming Monday. It's the start of the new session, first official session after the election. Uh, that urgent election that happened back in September, count, uh, the House of Commons is uh, going to sit uh, uh, promptly on Monday. Um, that joke's maybe getting old. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or not. Uh, but it was a pretty good week for Justin Trudeau, like getting his ducks in a row, like makes a deal with Alberta for childcare. Uh, he's going to Washington. He's hanging out with Nancy Pelosi and uh, Three Amigos Summit. And they all want to hang out together because Trump's not going to be there. And uh, and then, you know, I've heard poor Aaron O'Toole back in Ottawa having to fire senators from the caucus because they start petitions to have him removed as leader. So good. We're off to a good start. Yeah, not just to divert for a second about O'Toole, but I guess he is part of the Parliament opening as well. The uh, that, that's something else. Like he's he's fighting that off, and that's the, the it's just pure negativity. He's making the news. I haven't heard a thing about Jugmeet Singh at all. Have you? Like no, O'Toole's in the news for terrible reasons, and Jugmeet is just he's effectively disappeared. I, I it's really really weird. You'd think he'd be trying to get a little bit of traction, some good traction, I guess, comparatively. Uh, than than O'Toole's situation, uh, n- definitely not a, a a good start for them. But yeah, like you said, with uh, Trudeau and Co. off to off to Washington to to have a little chat, and then the three amigos, like you said, uh, that's not terrible. It do, it does the uh, some of the mainstream media are taking a bit of a shot at the at the liberal promise about the well in the first hundred days they always do this hundred days thing which we usually talk about on the hundredth day <laughs> uh, but the shot was it's like okay they haven't sat yet they're gonna sit for like i don't know three or four weeks and then christmas is like another month and a half off yeah until january 
31st, so essentially February, uh, I guess at that time they'll be working harder in their constituencies, right? But yeah, so they have this mm. the, the litany of promises. Uh, I guess the evolving childcare one is one of them. And that was, and it, I guess you saw the press conference as well with uh, Kenny taking the shot, making it sound like, oh, you know, it's just Alberta getting its own money back. So thank you, know, thank you for giving us our own money back to spend on childcare. I was like, oh, dude, there's somebody else too. O'Toole and Kenny, just both under the gun at this point, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but he, you know, if I guess if they can make a deal with Alberta, they can eventually make one with Ontario. And then that'll be one of the pressing things. I guess I'm cynical enough to believe that the Ontario government will wait until we're closer to the election period to ink a deal. But I would yeah. put money on that. It's not just, a it, huge it, betting man, but you know. <laughs> It's so well, it's so bizarre because I mean, there's a political cartoon I can't remember from where it was like Justin Trudeau in a daycare with uh Doug Ford, like in a playpen, <laughs> and like and Justin Trudeau trying to coax him out, and Jason Kenny standing behind him, like in, in like a grumpy with a grumpy face wearing a uh new Canadian daycare outfit. I mean, it. it Kenny, let's face it, Kenny's more desperate than Ford at this point. Even though Ford is mm. going to the be going to the polls in eight months instead of uh, like another year and a half, like Kenny is. Um, Kenny needed a win, and there was a there was a, I think it was the Edmonton Journal. It had a uh, it had a winners and losers of the daycare announcement in Alberta. And one of the winners was Jason Kenny because he actually won something for once. But I mean. I, I I would not have thought it possible uh, before the election that Jason Kenny and Justin Trudeau would uh, or well J- Jason Kenny anyway will let his picture be taken with Justin Trudeau in the same room with him as they sign a, a, an agreement. Uh, that's yeah. uh, that's not something I probably would have put money on, but it happened. And uh, looking back to Ontario, like Stephen Lecce was like getting up, like the NDP was hammering pretty hard. Like, well, why isn't Ontario signing an agreement? Stephen Lecce gets up. It's like, well, like uh, the proposed formula is like kind of unfair because we have all day pre-K in Ontario. It's like, well, so does Nova Scotia. They signed a deal. They were one of the first mm-hmm. to sign a deal. So like, what's, yep. what's really the excuse? And, you know, they're, they're trying to play hardball, but I, I mean, the thing of it now is, I think it's two territories and two provinces that have yet to sign a, an agreement. Um, the momentum's in the federal government's favor. And I mean, the, the top of it all off, you have Doug Ford going, look, look, uh, Christopher Freeland and I are like best friends forever. And, you know, we'll, oh. we'll work something out. And just, well, okay, great. When, when, when is that going to happen? But you could be right. It could be like uh, doing some like political, politic, politic hearing, political puppeteering. Politicianing, politicianing, yeah. sure. We just invented all these fantastic <laughs> words to describe what's going on, but yeah. Sure. So yeah, that I mean, that could be part of it too. Like they'll come out in February. Look, everyone, we have a beautiful deal. Just like six weeks before we call the election. <laughs> so yeah, and we got everything we wanted. Yeah, I've done. He, uh, Doug Ford, can't say enough about Christopher Freeland. They, they really. There's some simpatico there. I don't know how, uh, <laughs> but it, it, <laughs> they're just, they're just chummy somehow. Yeah. Sure. Uh, yeah, because he's a little <laughs> more reluctant to rain praise on uh, Justin Trudeau, but I'm I'm all no, the root of all evil. Yeah, yeah, I'm certain <laughs> they will get that sorted out. Uh, there is some 
potential COVID things on tap that the government needs to take care of. One is like the emergency, an emergency, another emergency aid bill. It sounds like it could be along the lines of uh, CERB, but maybe CERB light or CERB junior. Mm. The interesting one to me is the bill to allow uh, criminal charges to the people that are harassing healthcare workers and interrupting the healthcare process. We're looking at you, anti-vaxxers. I guess that applies to pro-lifers as well, but as a bit of a sidebar. But yeah, so there are some, I think these are things that they will probably want to slide in before the Christmas break, or sorry, mm-hmm. holiday break on the 17th. Um, yeah, so. Uh, Trump won the war on Christmas, so you can say Christmas oh, break. Remember. Can I say that? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> All of the holidays break. What is it like? <laughs> Every, if it's got something to do with light, it will happen in December. Yeah, so. All the light holidays. <laughs> Once the Starbucks cups surrender, the war on Christmas will have been won. <laughs> I just got to. <laughs> I was about to go into a Panettone story, but I won't because we need <laughs> politics. Absolutely fantastic that they're back. Um, yeah. So <laughs> they do have a. There's a long. They had a long litany in 2015 when they were first elected. This is round three. Mm-hmm. Uh, and everything from regulation of the foreign giants, digital platform stuff, official languages act, uh, hate speech and abuse, which sort of ties into the, the healthcare um, workers bill, I guess, or the healthcare system bill that they're going to try and implement criminal justice system infrastructure. That'll be interesting because uh, the talk of the 5g network, and that is needs to happen within the next few years, if not next year, immediately mm-hmm. how that, will tie into Huawei and China. That will all be back in the news. I don't know if the Michaels will be back in the news. There's two more forgotten people already. They, they're they back the end. Um, oh, I jammed a lot in there. Sorry, Adam. I <laughs> just ran down the whole list of like, these are the things that they said would happen. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, no, it's, uh, there's a whole litany of things too, like stuff that was on the front burner or the back burner, depending on, you know, where they were in the Senate that got canceled or that they have to basically start again from scratch as well. Um, You know, things like the communications bill and it just, there's a lot doing it. It feels, it just feels very weird that um, we're kind of just like strolling along. Like there's nothing much to do. Like it's just, you know, because you just laid out a big list. Yeah, that's only part do. of it, right? That's, I just highlighted some high points there. It's like, or not high points, but they're, you know, and there's promises. Like an, there's yeah. environment stuff. And, you know, you have BC underwater after spending all summer on fire. Um, yeah. There are a lot of promises about, you know, doing stuff on the environment. You know, they have Murray St. Clair. Again, Murray St. Clair like the guy keeps retiring from positions then they keep <laughs> hoisting him out of mothballs to solve their problems <laughs> with the indigenous community so yeah. he's now working on a settlement uh with the uh, around the first nations children and care uh once again <laughs> the 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 appeal is is in motion while they try to buy time to hopefully reach a settlement which we talked about a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. um you know which a lot of people I think rightly believe is kind of silly because why not just pay the bill? It's it, it seems silly to say we care about indigenous affairs, but we're going to take you in court. And a Callowit, a Callowit is a big thing that we just don't seem to talk about. They still don't have drinking water in that community. They may have stopped uh, the water being um, 
<laughs> mixed with gas or whatever the heck was going on yeah. in the pipes up there. But I mean, they, they still technically don't have clean drinking water. Um, so, uh, you know, plus all the other communities that have water issues, all the other indigenous yeah. communities that have water issues. It's just the excess of water in BC has overwhelmed the news this week, at least. So, well, there's always something that's going to be, you know, overflowing mm-hmm. the news. And then, you know, we're going to come back next week and there's going to be a ton of questions and question period about vaccine mandates and Aaron O'Toole is going to kick up that fuss, even though he's basically said everyone in his caucus is going to have to be vaccinated, especially his shadow cabinet, which, you know, gets us back to like the root of his troubles is yep. you know, him trying to <laughs> do this performative dance of anti-vax or vaccine hesitancy. while at the same time, knowing full well that this is, you know, this is something that he needs to do. And I mean, it, it's it's fascinating that um, I mean, it's fascinating. The nuances are fascinating because the, this senator who started the the whole petition. Uh, batters, Denise Batters, um, who said, you know, Aaron O'Toole ran as quote unquote true blue. And then he comes out during the election and he, you know, you, he's barely distinguishable from the liberals for the platform. And it's like, well, I mean, cause he bucked to the center. I mean, that is that why? And so what we see here is, and we'll get into this a bit later on, you know, the conservatives are having the struggle that Republicans had mm-hmm. five or seven years ago in the United States, where in order to win primaries, they have to buck to the far right. And then they have to then try and win elections by moving to the center, except what we've seen now in the United States is that Republicans are not trying to buck to the center at all. They just stay on that far right because they've managed to gerrymander themselves into safe districts for the most part. Um, and if like, if is this the the glimpse of the future that maybe we're looking at, you know, I, I think I hated the way Aaron O'Toole ran for leader. I like that wasn't the way he ran for leader. Wasn't going to encourage me to vote conservative in, in any future election, but he ran a pretty good tight centrist campaign and yeah, he wasn't successful this time, but it wasn't the massacre that, batter said in in like the preamble to her petition like she made it sound like they ended up with like 20 seats and it didn't they had the exact same amount of seats you can build from that if he had lost like 20 seats i go okay it's maybe not a massacre but it's you know you can definitely make a point that his direction did not bear fruit on the other hand um you know it took stephen harper several cracks at the bat to to make a breakthrough before enough people were comfortable enough to say okay let's give you a shot um they just want it all now, right? That's it. Well, Greens I mean, was a massacre. Greens was the massacre of the election. Other than yeah, that, yeah, everybody was just sort of stalled, right? Unless you lived in Kitchener Center, it was not a great night. Oh, yeah. Place. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's... It was a draw. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, of course, that comes back to why bother, right? Why, you know, yeah. why bother? But they might think twice next time, or maybe not. Well, we'll see. We'll have to see what happens because, like, I, I, my feeling is this whole um, friction inside the conservative party isn't going to go away. And I think when we're going back into question period next week and we're doing all these performative things, yep, um, it's coming out. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there, there's there's going to come out. <laughs> there's going to be some ugliness. Okay. Uh, speaking of ugly, that COP twenty two conference. Um, Six. Well, I'm, uh, did I say 20? Okay, yeah, 26. We've had 22 uh, and 23. It's 26. 
There's so many of them. It's hard to know, right? Yes. So uh, they wrapped up uh, a day late um, because they're trying to get a deal. Uh, The deal is probably not terribly impressive. If you read the IPCC report this past summer and were hoping for something very definitive, instead of something very, very watered down, Um, no pledge to um, completely phase out coal. Uh, apparently some of us still have to burn coal like it's 1821 instead of 18 instead of 2021 <laughs> uh but uh there were some pledges to end deforestation by 2030 some pledges to take down methane emissions which actually caused one third of global warming methane um some promises mm-hmm. to help uh less uh shall we say rich countries to deal with the effects of climate change although um <laughs> those countries are probably understandably dubious considering we now have a trillion dollar benchmark uh and we couldn't even reach the 100 billion dollar benchmark but uh not very uh inspiring this the end of this cop conference no and that's the thing it's 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 benchmarks and pledges right mm-hmm. greta isn't wrong with the blah 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 statement it's funny but it's she's she's actually right mm-hmm. um the coal, the coal agreement. India is insisting that they they weren't the ones that, that <laughs> got it changed from uh, phase out of coal to phase down, which means it's almost meaningless. Phase down. What what does that even mean? Mm-hmm. We're just, we're gonna. It's it's like you're just dimming the lights a little bit, right? <laughs> but the lights the lights are still on. It's it it all adds up to too too many gigatons. If the bar is one point five, and science says keep global warming at 1.5 degrees then uh this isn't gonna do it no so it seems the number and it's all like i i don't even sure if these numbers really mean anything anymore they do but at the same time it's just they're just saying numbers like the, the supposedly the current lead uh pledge level will only get the world to 2.4 c and if everything is accurate and that's not good enough. It means, you know, the Maldives will be underwater. All the island nations will be underwater. I shouldn't laugh, but this, they, they are the most, or can be the most outspoken of these things because they have the most at stake, right? Mm. This in the Caribbean, any coastal nation. As you've seen, and we mentioned it before about, about BC. I mean, that's like, I've never heard of an atmospheric river. Like, what is that? It's like, oh, this, and again, it's the, this is a once in a century. It's like, no, it's not, you know. BC burnt and then it flooded. It's been a disaster all year and COVID uh, and heat wave. Yeah. Yeah. Heat wave. But that's the difference now is that they're willing to say it. Well, and any of the news will be like climate. They'll say climate change induced. So I, is, is that something is something been achieved by their, their saying that it's climate change now. I, th- I think that's what they're implying at COP 26 is like, well, we're actually, we're talking about it now. It's like, that doesn't. It's like when the government says, "Well, we're, we're looking at that." That doesn't mean anything. You can look at anything, right? We're mm-hmm. looking at it. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean anything. So, blah blah blah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The, the media are less reticent to say, like, uh, "Is it linked to climate change?" They're they're they will go there. At the same time, though, um, <laughs> we see this in our country. Uh, if something happens that affects the oil sector, like Joe Biden s- decides to rescind the license for the Keystone XL pipeline, it's the end of the freaking world. Um, I mean, we're wholly, I was going to say we're a wholly owned subsidiary of 
on the oil and gas industry. But I mean, <laughs> there, we're, we're definitely beholden to it, or some quarters are definitely beholden to it. Yeah. And, you know, there was this um, report from, I'm learning to find the name here, Oil, oil Change International. Um, <laughs> yeah. Sounds like a line of lube and filter shops. It's like, oil Change International. <laughs> but yeah, like, there are people who want to move away from. Yeah. Uh, like oil and gas production. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they're saying that the eight biggest oil and gas companies in Canada are like running very different programs from the federal government. Um, and again, this is the same federal government that buys pipelines and things. And But at the same time, you know, they're, these companies are content to say, you know, no, no, it's going to come back. We just need like and we just need David Suzuki to shut up and make and you know <laughs> David Suzuki and Greta and his kid and everybody yeah. like yeah. if we can leave a trail of cookies and then David Suzuki and Greta can go find them and then we'll lock the door behind them you know <laughs> then we can have all the oil and gas production we want um, and it just like well no you can't because like, the, all these climate scientists are saying like it has to be left in the ground and by the way I'm I, you know again I'm not sure what in what world. Um, Actually, oil prices. I mean, it's it, it's it's deceiving because gas prices are so high right now. But you may not know that oil prices have been coming down in the last week. So, um, as long as oil prices are like down and um, you know where where they kind of are, where they have been, uh, there's no incentive to like ramp up production in our oil sounds because that's the richest or that's the the most expensive and hardest to get and hardest to to claim oil it's it's only a boon if there's like scarcity on the market and even in this environment where gas prices are so high oil is still relatively cheap yeah and they'll just say that uh, it's supply problems and logistics and they just throw whatever at it right it's the, yeah. the to validate the fact that, that the price is high, but but speaking of oil, and this this kind of speaks to everything that's going on. Uh, just this week, it seems that the Department of the Interior in the U.S. opened up these uh, oil reserves in the Gulf of Mexico for auction mm. with the blessing of Biden and company. One point one billion barrels up for grabs, and if you remember the Gulf of Mexico and what BP did to it, uh, not good. This. I'm not sure if this is deep water stuff specifically, but it would the timeline on this puts these reserves, if once brought online, well past this 2030 deadline that they've set. Mm -hmm. So it's the speaking out of both sides of the mouths. Yeah, we gotta climb, we gotta get climate change under control. And but you know, there's this. And I some of them are using the excuse, and I believe Canada is too, mm -hmm. this sleight of hand where it's like, well, we're gonna <clears throat> we're gonna refine it. But we're going to give it to somebody else. So it doesn't really count as ours, right? Right. I'm not, sure what, the, I'm not sure what the official name of that is, but that's what that's part of it, right? It's this little like, it's like a little shell game. Yeah. The official name is hypocrisy because uh, there's oh, also the, yeah. <laughs> there's also the pledge, yeah. like the hundred companies said like, okay, we're going to, we're going to phase out our foreign fossil fuel investments and and it's like okay that's great what about the oil sands yep we're gonna phase out those foreign fossil fuel investments we're gonna phase them all out yeah but what about the oil sands phasing out those foreign investments i'm telling you we're gonna yeah. we're gonna solve this climate change thing baby yes but what about domestic totally solved don't you worry it's just 
you know, and the, the, the prime minister of the Barbados of, of Barbados had this right. Uh, Mia Motley, she said, you know, $25 trillion has been spent on um, economic recovery since the 2008 crash, uh, $9 trillion since COVID. Uh, with that kind of money, you could have changed the whole world yep. into renewables. And by the way, renewables, also the cheapest form of energy right now. I I, I, I realize there's reasons, but... Um, it really is quite shocking that we're still not like we're still building new homes that aren't automatically like geared to renewables. Like it, it seems kind of weird that we're not building homes with solar panels on the roof or like, like just making that sort of like a universal building code thing. Like, yes, the, every roof will have a solar panel on it. Well, yeah, that just shows you how strong the development lobby is mm -hmm. that they'll fight that into the ground because they just will. Some, some do it. But it's it's a very small percentage. But yeah, I I, I think uh, President Barbados should just run the world. Everything <laughs> she's everything she says, I listen to that to her all day. Um, that line <laughs> of uh, logic because she's right. Um, yeah, because yeah, this something else as well that I, I was reading about Canada's commitment. There's this big oh yeah we're we're completely committed to the. Um, ending support for, as they call it, unabated fossil fuels beyond 2022. So next year. Mm -hmm. um, but then there's this, well, unless it's consistent with the Paris Agreement. So they're saying that if it's within the range of the Paris Agreement uh, caps or limits or whatever, then we're going to slide it in, right? <laughs> so on the one hand, it's like, we're going to end this. But we're only yeah. going to end it with these criteria, and these criteria are weak. So <laughs> it's it's just going to happen, right? Yeah, it's like it's like the Gulf of Mexico, and I'm sure every single country that signed anything has this little uh, thing on the side that they're just going to do, right? Like mm. India and coal. Uh, uh, India is so tied to coal, and they have what? What is it now? One point six billion. Mm -hmm. I may be overestimating that population, but it is very high. And you know, rightly so, you can't just rip that away from from them. Mm -hmm. But what are the options? There needs to be options presented that are not just well, we're gonna we're gonna aspire to do the things that we've come up with in Glasgow, and it's great. One one it was like, oh, fossil fuels is actually mentioned in the agreement, and they fossil fuels wasn't mentioned before. It's like you sit around and talk fossil fuels for like all day and all night. We know that's what it's about. This is supposed to be the big stride that you've you have. A, it's mentioned in dispatches. No, it's everyone wants. Well, not everyone wants more, but those that are concerned about climate change and can see it coming like the freight train that it is, and it's already here. Well, it's it's a it's a feedback more. it's a feedback loop of yeah. like pushing responsibility. We want China, India to take action um, because they're the biggest polluters. Um, although that's not how it is, but per capita, per capita. Um, and then they look yeah. to the West and go, uh, well, you guys are polluting too. And it's like, no, no, you're the biggest polluters. You guys change first. And then we'll like 
be right behind you. And they're like, well, no, you're the idiots who taught us to burn everything to create new economies. <laughs> so why don't you take the lead and show us what a green economy looks like? It's like, oh, we would totally do that. And we're like working on it. But like you guys are polluting way too much. And it's just it, it never ends. <laughs> the classic battle. right? <laughs> yeah, that will have to be the end of our discussion about COP26, though. And uh, we will come right back with um well, the clown show. You are watching, or not watching, <laughs> listening to. Open One day you will be watching. Yeah. You may. Yeah, we're gonna get a Twitch. We're gonna find oh, out what. Oh yeah. We're gonna find out what a Twitch is and get it. You're Twitch, listening to Twitch. Open Sources Guelph here on CFRU 93.3 FM, CFRU.ca Guelph Campus and Community Radio. A drum break. I catch and recreate as I collaborate with Bristol's finest. The beats bang and the music's timeless. We're the groom and the man, rolling like we're moving a pram. Loading gear, ain't no room in the band. We're bringing the boom in the band, but the band will be rocking the leave when the block can see me sharp and chopping the beat for the group who wants to beef. You talking to me? You talking to me? My luck capacity has to be second to none when I rap. There'll be no one on after me. Technically, I won't be trapped in the category. Music is magic. I'm basking the rhapsody. Old school, modern, or futuristic. Philosophical, topical, pugilistic Drum under comedy, honor me when I'm on the league I'll be the top ramen, a common, I'm an anomaly So get your needle and drop it On a record this pack, one more electricity than a socket Just listen to the people applauding I'm always aiming to please If you need it, I got it, I'm the utility man And that was our Royal Cap Records pick of the week. Royal Cap Records 21 McDonnell in the downtown. That song is number 25 on the CFRU charts this week. The band is called The Allergies. The album is called Promise Land. And the song is called Utility Man. <laughs> the utility people are very, very busy these days. So I don't know if that's their jam, but it probably should be. Well, I do know one song they're probably not listening to, and it is... Oh, shoot. Now, now I'm forced to read my notes. This was a really great joke until I looked at my notes. And tried and... <laughs> Proud of your boy. That's what it is. Uh, Proud of your boy. The uh, recognized theme song for the Proud Boys. And it was uh, a song that Kyle Rittenhouse was more than happy to sing along to, at least before he had to get on the stand in his own defense last week. Uh so um, using the sarcastic voice there to talk about the Kyle Rittenhouse trial, as we're recording this, the jury is still out. That could change by the time you are actually listening to this. Um, but they're trying to decide what to charge him with or if uh, he should be charged with anything at all. He's the young man uh, who last summer in Kenosha, Wisconsin, uh, 20 miles from his home in another state, mm. uh, shot four people, killing two uh, while carrying an AR-15, ostensibly saying he was there to help people and keep property safe. Uh, the the um, trial has been uh, very high drama, high stakes. Uh, in Wisconsin, the governor has called out the National Guard in preparation for whatever uh, verdict may come. So uh, tense times in it's pretty tense in this place that has such a lovely name, Kenosha. Yeah. And uh, isn't that that 70s show was Kenosha as well, wasn't it? Or supposed to be? 
I don't know. Um, uh, I believe. I believe so. Maybe, maybe. Somewhere in Wisconsin. Uh, anyway, yeah, just before airtime, I happened to see that there's somebody outside of the courthouse, armed, dressed fully, walking around saying that they're an anti-Black Lives Matter uh, protester. That's awesome. Yeah. So this, yeah, it, it doesn't... Uh, I was going to say it doesn't get any better, but I meant it doesn't get better. <laughs> Doesn't there's, get no, there's no marked yeah <laughs> doesn't get any worse <laughs> uh there's no marked improvement here it's it's it sort of outlines clearly the divide in america or at least parts of the u.s um and i saw a fantastic comment as well on twitter it said if things were so dangerous in kenosha that night that rittenhouse was out how come the only three people that got shot that night yeah, where the people he Cal shot. Rittenhouse, yeah, right? It's like, exactly. this, this is ridiculous. And I don't know if it's just because we see it through a Canadian lens or a non-American lens, but this this should be a complete wash, right? It should be just like, this this kid should be going to jail. Now they did, what was the charge that they dropped? It was carrying, like, illegally carrying a firearm. That sounds like that was to due to some kind of loophole because he's too young to have an AR-15 and be running around. Mm-hmm. let alone in a place that wasn't his state and that his mom drove him to like, there's just all of these things. It's like uh, you're going to protect property in the place that you don't live. Um, mm-hmm. oh yeah, I think there was some curfew charges dropped as well. That was just kind of thrown out the window as well. Those are the minor charges though. That's the low hanging fruit. It's like, well, let's just get rid of this. Let's get rid of this. Cause it's, it's murder, right? It's five felony charges. Homicide, first degree murder, intentional. Um, but yeah, on a night like that, there's nothing worse than a, than a cop wannabe. Uh, and then dude is getting all this attention from, as you said, Proud Boys and others like the anti-Black Lives Matter protester that's outside the courthouse right now, aping the guy, essentially. Um, yeah, that's just the crap that's coming out of this. Well, the, the controversy around this is a lot of it has been like, what can you introduce and what and how can you characterize people? Because there's the favorite, the famous ruling of the judge, you know, several weeks ago that they could not call the victims victims in the trial, which from what I gather is not irregular in a, in a trial situation because you automatically say victims. That means that they were the victims of somebody doing a crime. And if there's somebody at the defendant's table. So I, I, I understand how that can be seen as prejudicial. On the other hand, the judge was perfectly fine with allowing those two people that he killed and the other person he shot to be characterized as looters and rioters and all of these other pejoratives that also have another um, sort of negative effect on, on the people who were, affected by Kyle Rittenhouse's actions. And then on top of it all, like they can't introduce his social media posts about how he was eager to go shoot somebody, how he was like one of these blue lives matter wackadoodles. How he seemed to be like a, you know, a, what's the name of that crooked cop and that, and trying to, anyway, like let's, let's, let's not split hairs. He's all like a, jo- <laughs> I know, right. <laughs> but like, he's like a John Rambo wannabe. He went down there with his machine. Like, why does he, he's 17 years old. Why does he have a machine gun? Um, so, you know, if he was going, really going down there to help people, it's like speaking as a Canadian, I don't get the fetishization, fetishization of guns, but you know what? Let's split the difference because he's an American and he wanted to go somewhere with a gun. Why did he need this gun? This AR 15, like 
yeah, if, 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 it's Saturday it's like, night special for defense, right? But. Yeah, exactly. If it's if he's that, I mean, first of all, if he's that concerned about defense, why is he going to Kenosha? Which, um, there was because it, it was a very specific protest too, and people may forget because so much was going on last summer. Um, it was the case of of this uh, man, Jacob Blake who was pulled over by police. Um, they tried to get him out of his car and they thought he was going for a weapon. And so he ended up getting shot in the back several times and tased. Uh, and this was in Kenosha. So this was a very specific situation to Kenosha. It wasn't like the, uh, like the general Black Lives Matter protest that came after George Floyd's murder, which happened everywhere, including here in Guelph. This was a situation very specific to Kenosha. Uh, but Kyle Rittenhouse was apparently watching TV and said, you know what? I believe in protecting the property of like car dealerships in Kenosha, Wisconsin so much. I got to go down there. Mom, let's go down there. And, you know, he grabs his AR-15 and his first aid kit and away he goes. And it's like, yeah, I'm a medic. I'm a medic now. I'm yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm Kyle, the high school medic. Okay. Yeah, uh, there's a, there's a <laughs> me making the rounds of Ralph from the Simpsons done up as written house saying <laughs> I'm a medic, which is about, what happened right it's pretty equivalent <laughs> i mean it's it sh- shouldn't be funny but i mean no it, it kind shouldn't of is. be funny at all but it's yeah because people died um but, you know and then like the coup de gras is like he takes the stand in his own defense last week and he breaks down and it's like okay granted we can't trauma works differently on everybody but at the same time this kid back in february um the prosecution tried to put even more restrictions on him because uh, there was footage of him at a bar. Again, he's 17. There was footage of him at a bar with some proud boy looking mofos um, mm-hmm. doing the white power hand signals and, and uh, wearing a shirt that says free, you know, living free or something to that effect. He was getting his picture taken um, this yeah. whole time. He's yucking been heralded. Yeah, yucking it up. This whole time he's been heralded as a hero, a right wing hero, um, like some Florida congressman, um, oh, not God. congressman, uh, like he was a state representative, said, like Kyle Rittenhouse for Congress. Again, too young to run for Congress. Uh, and, and um, you know, he's, he's, he's a hero. And I can't remember what, which podcast I was listening to, but they're saying, like, look, uh, one loser draw. Like if Kyle Rittenhouse gets acquitted, he's going to be a hero at the right. He's going to be doing like appearances at Trump rallies. No question. I guarantee you he's going to be bawling then. Um, and if he goes yeah. to prison, you know, he's going to be you know, he'll he'll be with, like in the same category as like Jacob Chansley, who is um, who was sentenced this week. The Q shaman. He's going to be a political prisoner. Um, you know, oh, so yeah, like the Q shaman. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it remember- was a long was like 41. 41- <laughs> 41 months, months. <laughs> yeah remember- i only remember that because it's an odd number but yeah yeah see, so hey ray remember 10 months ago in the q shaman um yeah so you know th- this is the thing is like he's probably looking at a pretty bright future as like poster boy for the militant right so <sighs> sigh <laughs> yeah like happens with some people go to jail and then come out more um popular is that even the right word i guess so but yeah and then i don't like the antics of the judge this is what's interesting about american right. trials when we watch them up here that the judge is like what is this stuff with the phone and yeah he froze up talking to the jury like he completely locked up and i'm like is this guy okay 
But of course yeah. you say that it's like, oh no, you're just anti this. I'm like, no, like if you take a step back and it was just like Trump, if you look at it, if you look at it, this this guy is like and the and the picking of the jury the Rittenhouse got to pick the jurors' names out of the little tumbler box there. It's like yeah. what is go what's going on here? Yeah, I mean that just you've just taken the playbook and thrown is it because this is like a show trial or a trial that's a show more like, right? It's people are following it closely than they might normally, and it's like or closer than they might normally. It's like, what is going on here? I did wonder that because it like felt like one of those like really bad episodes of Law and Order where Jack McCoy like <laughs> walks walks right up to the line and the judge is like mr mccoy one more time and i'll find you in contempt and it, it just kind of feels like that but yeah the whole thing with the phone where it's like it's playing the song that trump comes out to at trump rallies yeah. it's like hint hint <laughs> it's like uh so like are you trying to like get people to you know sign petitions to have you removed or something but somebody said something interesting online uh, on social media it's about this about like because everyone's focused on this judge judge schroeder mm-hmm. and and they said think about all the judges in america who aren't presiding over high profile c- cases right now where cameras aren't in the courtroom all the other judge schroeders mm-hmm. who aren't being scrutinized right now because they're out there <laughs> well they're elected too right That's a lot of them are elected too. another yeah. key difference to hear yeah that they're elected and it's like this i think he's been a judge for about 40 years and it's probably not to be ageist it's probably time to retire <laughs> i don't know yeah. if he's gonna go out on a high note or not but well i i do this wonder... is all low notes the whole thing is low notes there's nothing positive gonna come out of it no i mean it's all powder keg too it's you know what if, if you have like one person kind of standing ready to do something if he's convicted, um, there is definitely going to be a commensurate reaction from the community if he's acquitted. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I kind of, I was going to say I kind of feel sorry for him, but I don't really. But you know, if he's acquitted, like I don't know. In so much as he has a bright future as a right wing mascot, I mean. <laughs> I do wonder what will happen if he is out and about in public and in the world again, too. Like it's, it's like this this kid is not going to have a great life. He's going to be used for every bit of um, right-wing fundraising juice. (laughs) There is, he's going to be squeezed dry on the other hand, on the other hand, he's going to be like a pariah till his dying day. Um, (laughs) It's, it just, you know, He's his life is effed, and he's like he's not even old enough to drink. And <laughs> yeah, there's a little hope for redemption in this one. Yeah, it's. I mean, you really so have much, to kick it up like several thousand notches. Yeah, in so much as we want to like look at him and go like, ah, oh, you little nasty snot. You know, I, I, yeah, I, I, I do sort of feel like he is not going to have a good life. And whether you think like maybe he deserves to try and find redemption or not is 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 one thing, but I mean, well, like the next 70 years of his life are going to suck. So, somebody <laughs> needs to give his mom a little talking to as well, yes! because yes! he wouldn't have gotten there without her. Hey mom, I'm going to go get my AR 15. Can you drive me to Kenosha, Wisconsin? So I can like play dress up police. Sure, honey. <laughs> Let me get my phone. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's like a- 
I'm going to get some pictures of you with your machine gun before you go out and go out on patrol, okay? Yeah, um, just like Lee Harvey Oswald. Yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. Mm. Uh, that sounds like a conspiracy. And the man who is behind a lot of conspiracies, Alex Jones, he has been found guilty of defamation by a court of law. And not for the first time. It is for the fourth time. Uh, it was a Connecticut judge this week. It was relating to the case um, with Sandy Hook parents, uh, the tragedy in 2012, uh, where two dozen kids were murdered by an active shooter at uh, the Sandy Hook High School or the, the Sandy Hook Elementary School in uh, Sandy Hook, Connecticut. Um, Alex Jones, not for the first time, as I said. Uh, sued for defamation for calling parents who lost their children crisis actors uh, basically doxing them having his deranged followers like stalk them and harass them the one man uh, had to move several times to (laughs) basically has to live off the grid Leonard Poser Um, because of Alex Jones Uh, the question is uh, having once again once again being forced to pay an actual price for his antics will alex jones stop and is it a warning to other conspiracists out there that uh you know what you <laughs> you litter the world with false information maybe you end up paying a literal price now this guy's never gonna stop mm. and it's it's always the contrarian like i can't I have real difficulty listening to him. I don't mind little bits and pieces that other people have carved up, but <laughs> the the whole shtick is just so thin, but his delivery is all rage. Like it would be more interesting if there was some nuance there. There's no joy in this guy's life at all. Right. And he's been doing this since what, like 99 or the year 2000. Like he's not, he's not new with this. Oh no. He's been years. doing it for decades. Like even like back in benign days, like when he would sneak into Bohemian Grove Mm. um you know <laughs> uh but yeah even like i mean I guess the first big one was 9-11 was a hoax right 9-11 yeah and he was in loose change and then he's yeah. then and then obama gets elected and he finds uh, a much more direct way because he was like releasing pamphlets and uh making quote-unquote documentaries and selling those on dvd and then he founds Infowars and finds a much ma- much cheaper and direct way to uh, sell conspiracies with uh, with Infowars and like supplements. Some fantastic <laughs> ones like Michelle Obama is a man. Yep. Lady That's... Gaga's show is like an occult ritual. And what was it? The, uh, the frogs turning gay is a famous one. The Pentagon gay bomb in the water turning the frogs gay. Hillary so this is where this, is where this guy is at, which yeah. is th- that is all ridiculous stuff. But perhaps the most ridiculous is the Sandy Hook is a hoax. Yeah, it's just and p- part of why he went down was that he just absolutely refuses to to cough up any evidence saying we want this. We want your records. We want to know how much you have profited off of these people. And he's just like, no, I want this. I want a jury trial. I want he's just does whatever to to get out of it no i'm not going to do that it's kind of like ban- it's it's similar to bannon just not showing up mm-hmm. like they're mm-hmm. just well i you know i don't observe your laws they'll point to the constitution and whatnot all the time but they're like no i don't observe these laws you're being ridiculous i'm not going to do that i refuse to do that uh so they just he kind of gets an in absentia no you need to pay this uh and they'll, they probably won't see anything it would almost be better if it was just that they could leave 
those people who have suffered and still suffer alone. Well, the thing is, I mean, those people will never be left alone because even, I mean, the, the, the thing is, Alex Jones has been sued for defamation and not just for Sandy Hook. He was sued for definition by uh, James Alphantis, who is the, the owner of Comet Ping Pong, the famous uh, pizza parlor in D.C. Oh, Pizzagate. Yeah. Pizzagate, yeah. Mm. Um, he, Another she, one of his babies, right? Yeah. I don't know if Alex Jones came up with Pizzagate, but he certainly rode that horse until it died outside his office. Anyway, um, I think the metaphor got away from me. But yeah, James Alphonsus <laughs> sent, sent a letter, uh, or his lawyer sent a letter, I should say, that said, you have 30 days to apologize or we're going to sue you. Uh, Alex Jones apologized. Uh, there was a yogurt factory in Idaho who uh, Jones said they employed... Uh, illegal immigrants and they were involved in some sort of child sex assault in 2016 as well as a tuberculosis update this is a very busy yogurt factory um <laughs> they threatened to sue him he apologized for that there was the the um child custody case with his uh first wife where she said like i don't trust my ex-husband or with my kids and his lawyer said oh he's playing a character you know and then there was another defamation suit in the case of Sandy. i think it was the posner case where he basically said yes i understand this was a real thing that happened but i was had like going as having a you know a moment and i thought everything was fake at the time it's just it, he knows he's putting on a show the problem is <laughs> a lot of the people who listen to him don't um and that's a big problem and he takes no responsibility for it at all and after the after the thing he came out with the the uh the um the thing with his ex-wife where he's like the media is like making it sound like i'm 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 fake and i'm not the media is getting it wrong they're they're calling me a crisis actor (laughs) and and you know he's trying to have this both ways and unfortunately one of these has more sway than the other because these people are listening to the lies they are not listening to the truth when he gets behind when he gets in front of a judge or he gets in front of like somebody who can like actually um make sure he's punished for the bad behavior he he does and the thing about this particular instance is the judge i mean we get to enjoy the the ethical and moral moment of the judge saying Alex Jones loses his defamation suit. Alex Jones is wrong again. But what the lawyers in this instance were hoping for is like to get that discovery, to find out who's funding Alex Jones. Cause he's not like getting funding from clicks. He's off all the major platforms. So who, where is he getting yeah. money from? Well, that was like a couple of years ago, Spotify. Yeah. Everyone threw Facebook, him off. Apple, yeah. YouTube, just no. They all got together one weekend and Fang told him the to community take a standards hike. gang. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Rounded so, them up. So where's he getting his money from? Like who are his funders? Um, who's, you know, underwriting him. That's the stuff they want to get. Yeah. Like Trump's tax returns. <laughs> can't get them. <laughs> I mean, we're going to do everything in our power not to give you this information yeah. that, that will reveal. Maybe and that, not all. And that's, but- and that's the game that's being played is yeah. that, you know, and, and yeah, now he gets to cry victim. It's like, oh, they made a summary judgment against me. And it's like, yeah, because you wouldn't follow court rules. And you're right. You're right to point out, the, like, because it's the same thing Bannon did. He's like, this is the Biden administration 
you know, punishing their political enemies. It's like, dude, you have somebody standing in front of you live streaming um, while who was it? Uh, Peter Navarro was guest hosting his podcast while he went. I I do not understand anything that's happened with Bannon. They the Justice yeah. Department comes out and says, "Okay, pick him up. He, <laughs> we're charging him with two counts of obstructing Congress." And it's like, "Okay, hey Steve, can you come by on Monday and we'll like we'll get you in and out. Huh. No problem." Instead of like, if he was a drug dealer, the FBI, the DEA, every acronym would gone run up to his house. They would have dragged him outside. They would have bastard down the door, dragged him outside, thrown him over the hood, yep. patted him down, and shoved him in the back. Uh, no matter what time of day it was, or and if I, he was black, yeah, <laughs> spell especially if he was black or Hispanic. Mm. But it, it, yeah, it's just that took way too darn long. And I understand just the justice system works on different timetables, and I've been trying to like read some experts and getting the head around that and one of the problems here is the nature of sort of defamation suits and who is and who Mm -hmm. isn't a public figure anymore and one of the wedge issues he's been using is like well all these sandy hook parents are public figures so they're fair game and it's like well are they alex jones's argument is yes because they're out there talking about you know first second amendment issues and gun control and things so they're like public spokespeople it's like yeah but they're public spokespeople because um, their children were shot and killed at school. So, twenty-one. You know, it's, it's twenty-one one of, of them. Yeah, it's it's one of these and instances. Teachers. Yeah, it's one of these instances where the law hasn't necessarily caught up to where technology and where the current culture is. So, oh yeah, that I think that's tra- a massive problem. We're trying to swim through this malaise and and this like gray area while you know fiends like Alex Jones and Steve Bannon are taking advantage of it all. Yeah, chaos agent number one and literal garbage person. Well, he certainly dresses like it. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised he hasn't expired from like heart disease. He's just so amped all the time. But <laughs> I wonder if, if we have this nice gentle pace and we have <laughs> zero point no dollars to our name. So, well, we also do one show a week and nobody, yeah. and we're not like harassing people. Have we ever uh, yell? I don't know if there's been yelling. Uh, probably not. Surprisingly, at least for me, I don't know. I can, yeah. No, this is a nice for myself. This is this is a nice show. It's a nice family show. (laughs) And cue the harp. (laughs) We do need to cue the ending music, though. Unfortunately, Uh, that is it for this week's show. We hope you liked it, and you can stay connected to us at our website at opensourcesguelph.com or on Facebook at Open Sources Newswire. And we're on Twitter at OS underscore Guelph. If you'd like to listen to this show again, you can download it from our website every Monday. You can get it through the Guelph Politicast channel on the Podbean or through your favorite podcast app at Apple, Stitcher, Google, and Spotify. You can find me on the Twitter and the Instagram at Adam A. Donaldson. And you can check out my news and politics site at GuelphPolitico.ca. And please do, because it's been a very busy week for council meetings. And Mm. I I don't want to think I'm screaming into the void, people. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm Scott. Scott? <laughs> I'm Scott. <laughs> I am Scott. Scott Hertz on Facebook. Scott Hertz on Twitter. And for all good things CFRU, check out CFRU.ca. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. For more information, Darcy's all. <laughs> Oh.
Oh boy. Better call time there. Uh, <laughs> chief uh, assignment D- editor. DJ Sounds Good to Me is here at the top of the hour on CFRU 93.3 FM, CFRU.ca, Guelph Campus and Community Radio. We will be we will be back here next Thursday at 5 p.m., hopefully accent free. Yeah. And we will see you then. I'll be just saying. <laughs>